Vending machines were magic when I was a kid. I knew where it was that my dad kept the little cup that he would take the coins out of his pocket and dump them in as he got home from work every day. And he kept it in that top drawer of the dresser that's now sitting at my house. But I also knew that if somehow one of those little coins ended up in my hand and I was forced to spend a boring morning at his work, I could, you know, go for a walk and go downstairs at his office and there was the magic vending machine. And this little coin I could put in there and get a Snickers bar. Or better, a Baby Ruth, because they were a little bit longer than Snickers. Vending machines continued to be important, but took on a different meaning when I was 19 and I worked at my first real job. This was a more upscale building, and where I worked, they had sandwiches in these refrigerated vending machines down uh, the hallway near the cafeteria. The food poisoning that ensued is one of the reasons I don't eat mayonnaise or anything that looks like it might have been made from mayonnaise. But the most recent significant memory that I have of a vending machine is the one we saw in China. We entered this large building, this beautiful building, a large open lobby. And right in the middle of the lobby was this vending machine where if you have a credit card, you can get yourself drunk off wine and whiskey, and to be honest, I don't know what all those things are, but it was easy. It was strange, but some would say magical. You know, one popular notion in America can be summed up under the heading vending machine Christianity. Now, I am sure that nobody in this room could be guilty of such crass materialism, but let me give you a few examples of what it might look like so you'll know how to spot vending machine Christianity in your friends. Vending machine Christians believe that they became Christians so they can go to heaven someday and live an easy life today. Vending machine Christians believe that going to church gives them one of those staples easy buttons that they can push and they don't really have to work at knowing God better and therefore loving Him and trusting Him more. Vending machine Christians believe that prayer is kind of analogous to a slot machine, that if you keep putting quarters in it, eventually it will pay off. Now the single best way to know if you are a vending machine Christian is to ask and answer a very important question. Do I love Jesus because he makes a big deal about me? He meets my needs. He makes me feel good about myself. Or he has done this great thing for me. Or do I love Jesus because he enables me to make a big deal about him? Do I love Jesus because he enables me to love him? Or do I love Jesus because Jesus is this magical vending machine in the sky that makes a big deal about me. Now, another way of asking and answering the same question is to ask how you look at heaven. 
If your answer is that heaven is the place where I'll finally be rid of sin so that I can give glory to God without stopping, then you are likely not a vending machine Christian. If, on the other hand, your vision of heaven is that you will enjoy an eternal vacation, you may not be a Christian at all. And the passage that I'm about to read and the conclusion that I reach will be very uncomfortable to you. The big idea that we will come to today is my God answers. Let's see where I get that in Matthew 15. Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, pay attention. A Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me! O Lord, son of David, my daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and to throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. My God answers. Now, of course, it's easy to see how vending machine Christians make their mistake. They come to a passage like this and they say, see, look, she dropped her quarter in there and she got her goodies. I hope that I am able to disabuse you of this lie before we're done. And it's because Jesus is a person. Jesus is not a machine. Jesus is Lord. He is a person. Jesus is not a machine. This morning we're going to see how, yes, Jesus takes pains to draw attention to the fact that he is willing and able to answer the prayers of anyone, anywhere, any when. But not like a vending machine. This morning we're going to see that Jesus makes sure that you can't miss the point. My God answers. Because he is a person. Verse 21. Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Jesus had just finished trading punches with some Pharisees. And he turned around and he noticed his disciples missed the whole point. They didn't get it at all. So Jesus decided, okay, well I'm going to take my student friends on a retreat. We're going to get out of Dodge. We're going to go to the north where the Pharisees aren't, and we're going to have some one-on-one discipleship time. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Now, this sentence is remarkable for a number of reasons. You may remember that in the Old Testament, the Canaanites have been either fighting or merely hating Israel for 2,000 years. And one of them now approaches Jesus and asks him for a favor. 
Now, this is a big deal. If you're old enough like I am to remember the Cold War, this is like asking a commie to help you. If you're a veteran of the Facebook wars, this is like a vaxxer asking an anti-vaxxer for help. We take ourselves way too seriously. But she is not simply approaching. She is crying. The word here is not some soft sobbing, but loud wailing. You can't miss it. Picture her in your mind running up from far away trying to get Jesus' attention. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Don't miss this. The Canaanite woman makes no claim on Jesus. Have mercy on me. Lord, give me what I don't deserve. Nothing in this conversation will make us think that this woman believes that Jesus owes her anything. She's asking for mercy. Ask for mercy. This is the first difference between those who get their prayers answered and vending machine Christians. We don't believe that we deserve anything. We just want a crumb of your grace, Jesus. But the shock doesn't end there. Here is this traditional enemy of Israel, and she calls Jesus Lord. This woman begins by recognizing that Jesus has the authority to answer her request. Remember, Jesus is Lord. When you get on your prayer, when you get on your knees later today, and you go before the eternal one, the person, not the vending machine, remember Jesus is Lord. The second difference between Christians and vending machine Christians is that we believe that Jesus has the right to say no to our requests. Because it's in the nature of a request that the answer just well may be no. Jesus is a person. Jesus is not a machine. But even more shocking was when she called Jesus the son of David. Now this is obviously true. Jesus is the son of David. He is the king who has authority over all people. But notice, Jesus, or excuse me, David was the only Jewish political figure who ever conquered Canaan. So by calling Jesus the son of David, this woman is recognizing his authority over her. Jesus is, after all, Lord. Jesus, after all, does have authority to tell you what to do. But it is not automatic that we recognize that. Not yet, anyway. But think about this. This might be comparable to calling Adolf Hitler my president. Pick the worst person you can think of in history, and that's exactly how this woman would have grown up thinking about King David. But she knew, somehow, she knew that the man in front of her was King David's heir, and this man in front of her had authority over the area of life that she needed help in right now. Why? Why? Well, 
for one reason. This woman had an unbearable problem and she was prepared to do whatever she could to get the only, the, the only person who had authority over her problem. She wanted to get to him. She forgot her pride. She forgot her pride when it came to meeting her child's need. But vending machine Christians never forget their pride. That's first and foremost. They want Jesus to meet their needs because we deserve it. But Jesus did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him saying, send her away for she is crying out after us. Now, if you're the kind of person who just kind of lets the Bible slide under their eyes once in a while, if you're not really paying attention, if you read the Bible lightly, this is going to be the first place where you're like, whoa, 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 wait, wait what, what? Because everybody knows that Jesus is the man of compassion. He is the endlessly attentive one. And he's ignoring this woman's plea. And Come on, moms and dads, you, you guys know this. The person that he's ignoring is a mother begging for relief of her distressed child. I mean, what's wrong with Jesus here? I mean, if this doesn't catch your attention, you're either asleep or you're dead. And this is serious, and it's about to get worse. Jesus straight up ignores this frantic woman. Now, spoiler alert. Jesus wants you to see he is a person, not a machine. Now we get to verse 23, and the wording of the disciples' response is not as negative as it comes across in English. And a good paraphrase of this would be, give her what she wants. Just, just give it to her. You see, the disciples, like us, were shocked that Jesus just would act uncaringly towards this woman. But he answered, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Note here, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's not talking to the woman yet. This isn't my job. Let someone else do it. Jesus' primary job is not to heal people physically. Jesus' primary job is to heal people spiritually. And he feels he heals people physically because that sometimes leads to them being healed spiritually. That was true in the first century and that's true today. But she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. Vending machine Christians won't do this. I mean, it's not that they won't ask, Lord, help me. Is that if the quarter doesn't work, they'll move on to another vending machine. You know what this is like. I don't like this church. I don't like this preacher. I don't like this person. And they move on. But this woman knew where to find help. And now Jesus had to address the woman. I can picture Jesus trying to keep walking or at least turn away so he wasn't facing her. But she got into his face and she got on her knees and she grabbed his robe and said, Lord, help me. 
she wasn't going to let him keep walking. Lord, help me. Have you ever been so passionate about something that you grabbed the robe of Jesus and would not let go? God has always loved a desperate heart. For the second time in this brief interchange, the woman acknowledged Jesus is Lord. You will not get far in your Christian life without acknowledging Jesus is Lord. And the more areas that you acknowledge of your life that you recognize Jesus is Lord in that area, the closer you'll grow to Him. Jesus is Lord. Not you. Not me. Not your friends. Not the media. Not anyone around you. Jesus is the one who has the right to tell you what is right, what is wrong, and how life works best. And Jesus is a person. Jesus is a person, not a machine, to give you snicker bars or whiskey. And Jesus answered, verse 26, It is not right to take the children's bread and to throw it to the dogs. Finally, finally, Jesus speaks to the woman. And what does he do? He calls her a dog. <laughs> I don't know about you, but oh my goodness. Did he just insult her? Wait, wait, wait. Jesus just insulted somebody. Doesn't it say somewhere that Jesus never sinned? Now, the word Jesus used was for a pet dog, not the wild kind. But isn't insulting someone a sin? Well, I want to say usually, but evidently not always. Especially if the insult is being used by Jesus to draw you in to an eternity-saving truth. But I admit, it is a tough one. And this is a major reason why this story is so troublesome for so many. Many people just throw up their hands and say exactly that. See, Jesus sinned. The Bible fails on its own standard. Well, evidently, God didn't think so. And all we really have to do is wait and see how this turns out. And what we'll see is that far from sinning, Jesus invites this woman, Jesus invites you and me who are reading this passage to an even greater faith. We are to see and trust Him that He can give us what we need. My God answers. If he is your God, your God answers. But I've got another question. Because what this woman is experiencing in this story is a dirty little secret that Christians don't like to talk about. Christians, in fact, we don't even not only like to not talk about it, but we even deny it if it comes up. What do we do when our prayers are not answered? Jesus is a person. He's not a vending machine. 
Prayers are not quarters that give us spiritual treats. I mean, every single one of us has been laying on our bed, crying out to Jesus, and our prayers hit the ceiling and bounce right back down on top of us like a ton of bricks. Am I wrong? Anybody with me on this? And part of the reason why this story is here, part of the reason why Jesus calls this woman a dog is so that you and I would sit up and we would pay attention. What is going on? Jesus has something important to teach me. And when my prayers go unanswered, I can go back to this story so that I will know what to do when that happens. Hopefully at least one of you are sitting there thinking, okay, Pastor Greg, come on, give us that. What are we supposed to do? Well, what does our wonderful Canaanite woman's example teach us? Verse 27, she said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Again, this woman acknowledges that Jesus is her Lord. Take note of that. Do you want your prayers answered? Acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. That means he is a person. Not a vending machine. Jesus is Lord. And she patiently accepts the insult. And she uses this insult as a launching point for continuing her pleading. Lord, just a crumb. I just want to drop just a little bit. A little bit. It's easy for you, Jesus. You, it's easy for you. Then Jesus answered her, Oh, woman, you've got you to read that as the tender, compassionate word that it is. Oh, woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. If you've been asleep this whole time, wake up just for a moment. No one ever learned to pray except by praying. No one ever learned to pray except by praying. You can read books on prayer. We have some good ones. There are some good ones. There's prayer conferences that you can go to. I'm sure they're good even though I've never been to one. No one ever learned to pray except by praying. This woman sat, I mean, she wailed in Jesus' school of prayer. Not a vending machine in sight. She prayed the whole time she was there. And she knew that Jesus is Lord. Now, she didn't yet know if he would answer or not, but she knew that if she could get an answer, this is where she would find it. There is no alternative. It is all or nothing. I am here until I get an answer or I die. Vending machine Christians won't do that. Oh, they'll bow the knee. Oh, yes. But then they're gone. Have you ever just grabbed a hold of Jesus' robes on your knees and just prayed and begged? But that brings us to another problem. 
even then we don't get our prayers answered. I mean, why did it take so long for Jesus to answer this woman's request? One answer is, Jesus was capturing the attendance of his stu- attention of his student friends. He was capturing the attendance, ten- attention of the disciples who followed him as he walked around first century Israel and the attention of those who follow him today as he walks around 21st century Santa Maria, California. And Jesus often used shocking words or did shocking things to highlight the teaching that he wants his student friends to understand. Because if Jesus had simply healed this woman's child, if he had simply answered every one of our prayers, we wouldn't have been able to understand quite as much about the grace of God for us today. If Jesus had simply answered her request, we would not have been able to understand as much about the power of God that is available at your fingertips to accomplish kingdom purposes in your life today. Now, in this particular case, we can identify at least one of those. We can't always identify them. But in this particular case, Jesus wants us to know that he will answer the request of someone who had so little reason to expect that he would answer her request. This is a Canaanite woman. But if he will answer her request, then he will answer the request of a Gentile convert like me who lives at the end of the earth, Santa Maria, California. So what can I take away from this? What can I learn here so that I am not a vending machine Christian, but I'm one who can have my prayers answered? Well, this will surprise those of you who know me. Know and trust the promises of God for you in Christ. Know and trust the promises of God for you in Christ. Understand the content of Scripture. You've got to read your Bible to do that. Then, believe that it is true for you. You know much more about the true God of Scripture than this woman did. Well, at least you should. So go to God's Word. Dig out His promises. And then show those promises back to your Lord. Pray them. When you find yourself in a difficulty, pray that God would guide you as He said He would in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge Him. Jesus, You are Lord. You are a person. You're not a machine. And he will make straight your paths. Praying back the promises of God for you in Christ is not like putting a quarter in a vending machine because praying those promises back to God shows that you are paying attention to him. You are paying attention to a person and asking him to do what he said he would do for you. 
And as we go about our lives, as we live this way, we'll see that our first resort in all our promises, problems, is to pray to the God who has authority over them. It doesn't mean you won't do other things, but it means that you make your first priority to go to the God who has authority over your problem. And because we have this promise in this short episode from Jesus' life, we can know my God answers. Every time you read God's Word, read it in such a way as to find out what the promises are in it from your Father in Heaven to you. And then go and live your life like they will be true for you. Let me just give you one example from my own life about a mother crying out for her daughter and how my God answers. There was a little girl who didn't have the words to cry out to God. She didn't know anything about God. She couldn't have. But her heart cried out. Literally, her heart had a hole in it when she was born. I don't know if her mama knew what was wrong, but she knew that this little girl was dehydrated. She had pneumonia. She just wasn't thriving at all. So eventually, in desperation, she took her daughter to a hospital, hoping beyond hope that this precious life would live. My God answered. Fifteen hours away by jet plane... A family, by grace, God's grace heard. Not this little girl's cries and not her mama's cries, but the call of her Father in heaven. And this is what we found. I call this my golden smile picture. And now Eliana, the little girl here, which means my God answers, Looks like this. I love that girl's smile. Jesus is a person. He is not a vending machine. You don't put quarters in and automatically get the desire that you want. Every request has the potential of being answered no when you're asking a person, not a vending machine. But this is what I know. My God hears and answers. When you pray to a person, not to a vending machine, Sometimes that prayer will be quiet and nobody but Jesus will hear. Sometimes that prayer will be loud wailing and people will ask Jesus to give you what you want so you'll leave them in peace. Sometimes that answer will be yes. Sometimes that answer will be no. Sometimes that answer will be wait. Sometimes that answer will be you talking to me? But sometimes, glorious times, you will be the person who hears the call of God to answer that prayer.
when it happens, there will be heartache involved. It will cost you a whole lot more than money. But I can tell you it's worth it. Because even then, you will be crying out, and my God always answers. Oh, Lord Jesus, we are so humbled by the enormity of what needs to happen. And we are humbled by the fact that you use us to be the hands and feet that answers prayers in your name. God, may we be the answers that you give to those around us. May we be the people who are the hands and feet to those who are in desperate need of you and who need you to answer yes for them. And Lord, bless us as we are so that we will be a blessing. And as we remember this week, the cross that gives us the hands and feet to be a blessing, God, show us the enormity of your golden smile on us so that we may rejoice and bring glory to you in all that we say and do. God, enable us to see you as so worth our best efforts for your glory, for our joy, and for the growth of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.